Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. Attend the tale of musicals with cheese. Our podcast where Andrew likes musical theater. I show him new shows every week and then he somehow doesn't enjoy them. That's the show we're currently on. The podcast of musicals with cheese. You kind of messed it up at the end, I think. I did. I did. I did. Melody kind of fell out. The, it you, did. Know, I, you gave it your best. I'll put a karaoke version under it and we'll see how bad it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and in case you haven't figured it out, we we are going. We're repiloting. Do you know what that they, they, that's the term that they give? Repiloting. Yeah, in the in the TV industry, when they basically want to make a new jumping on point for the their show, like when Futurama gets canceled and brought back, and then canceled and then brought back, and then canceled and brought back again, you have to kind yes. of do a new pilot, and they often just recreate the original pilot with different vibes because that's the best you can do doctor who's done it basically every time there's a new doctor you kind of have to repilot and in this case we are doing it because we are redoing our first episode more or less we're doing it again with more in fact you could say it's a revival of sorts oh yes this is the revival of our first episode of musicals with cheese um, when we were much less good at what we did, but also much more edgy and douchey. Yeah. So like worse in every way. Yeah. We're going to sanitize the edges, make sure that no one's going to get offended and add a bunch of dance numbers, um, where they didn't need to be any. On that note, in case you haven't picked up or we're throwing down this week, we are talking about Sweeney Todd, the demon Barbara Fleet Street. Again, cue the music. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd His skin was pale and his eye was odd He shaved the faces of gentlemen Who never thereafter were heard of again He trod a path that few have trod Did Sweeney Todd The demon barber of Fleet Street Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street is a musical with a book by Hugh Wheeler and music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, based on Sweeney Todd by Christopher Bond. The original production premiered premiered off-Broadway at the Eurus Theatre on March 1st, 1979 and closed June 29, 1980 after 557 performances and 19 previews. The 2023 revival, which is mostly what our frame of reference is going to be today, um, of the musical began previews on February 26th and opened March 26th of 2023 at the Lundfontein Theater starring Josh Groban as Sweeney Todd, Anna Lee Ashford as Mrs. Lovett, Jordan Fisher as Anthony, Gaten Matarazzo as Tobias, Maria Bill Bio as Joanna, Jamie Jackson um, as Judge Turpin, Ruthie Ann Miles as the Beggar Woman, John Rapson um, as Beetle Banford, and Nicholas Christopher as Pirelli. The production is directed by Thomas Kale with orchestrations by Jonathan Tunick, musical supervision by Alex Lackamore, and choreography by Stephen Hoggett. 
The production began a workshop three days after Sondheim's death that he had been planning to attend, and it had a budget of $14 million and a cast of 26 and an orchestra of 27. They are bringing back the original orchestrations, which they decidedly did not do in the 2005 revival, which is a different story. The plot of Sweeney Todd is, after 15 years in exile, Sweeney Todd, an unsettling man with a mysterious past, arrives in a dark and gritty London, hungry for vengeance against the judge who destroyed his life. Todd joins forces with Mrs. Lovett, the unhinged proprietress of a a failing pie shop, and together they develop a spine-tingling plot to exact revenge. When the lights go down and the curtain goes up, you won't dare to look away. (laughs) So, Andrew and I both saw the recent 2023 revival of Sweeney Todd in New York City um, on different times. Beautiful, smoggy, smoky, uh, yellow New York City. It's like someone urinated all over the city today. (laughs) (laughs) the sky is yellow it's the city on fire in fact yeah the rats are on the street and the lunatics yelling at the street it is the end of the world yes literally sweeney todd predicted what new york was gonna look like what did you think of sweeney todd for many years that we've done this podcast what have we been doing it five years this september now yeah my god that's half a decade (laughs) fucking long we're getting Um, old (laughs) we really are we're gonna be coming up on our 30s soon (laughs) We were just little babies when we started this show. But ever since we started, you said Sweeney Todd, we started too high and nothing has touched it since. Yeah, it's still sort of true. It's it's still... Well, oh, sort of. Well, I think there's other shows that I would put on a similar level now. I would probably put like, you know, Les Mis is really good. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. Hadestown. Um, there's quite a few, but yeah, it's still... Like, Sweeney Todd is just fucking masterful, you know? It's like, Mm -hmm. how do you start there and then it's, you know, it's all downhill, right? (laughs) (laughs) From when we first did our first podcast, our first official episode on uh, of Musicals with Cheese, we were not even really a podcast yet. We were kind of just a series of weird YouTube videos. I don't even think we introduced ourselves as Musicals with Cheese in that episode. I don't think we did. We did use cheese ratings, though. So your opinion on it hasn't really changed over the years. Like, have you revisited it since? Like, on your own, outside of the show? Um, I haven't watched the stage one. I, I've watched the movie, like, one other time, I think. How well is the movie aged, in your opinion? Because I feel like this uh, recent revival does take a few cues from the movie. A few. Honestly, I think the movie, while still being decent kind of fumbles the ball a little bit like it it just uh it it doesn't quite live up tone wise to uh what the stage show does and actually after watching the revival i was thinking about the movie and just it was such a bad choice to have um god what the fuck is the guy's name tim burton Tim Burton. it was such a bad choice to have tim burton direct in my opinion he just he doesn't he doesn't fit the 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 genre the genre of of movie that this needs to be they should have gotten a, a horror director to do it is my opinion do you know who was almost the director of sweeney todd before tim burton before tim burton signed on? i don't but i'm hoping it was toby hooper no toby <laughs> toby hooper would have made a wild <laughs> wild in choice it was sam mendez who is sam mendez give, give me the rundown he is a director who's got his start on the stage, so he kind of, he's kind of like a uh, John Marshall type. He directed American Beauty, Road to Perdition, 
Revolutionary Road, Skyfall, Spectre, and 1917 are the big ones. That not a single horror movie in there. No. I think they they probably didn't want a horror director at all. No, they did not. Because it's a musical, I guess, but ah, watching the stage one, it's like there's so many good horror moments in here. Yes. How do you not get a horror director to to make this movie? You know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's and that's I th- why they fumbled it so bad in like Tim Tim Burton's style. And I don't. I know some normies are gonna be like, "Well, Tim Burton does make horror movies." Like, no, he doesn't. He makes no, he, he makes doesn't. goth. No, movies. he doesn't. He, he like, <laughs> like the closest thing to a horror movie is Sweeney Todd. The second closest thing is Sleepy Hollow. And I think Sleepy Hollow fucks. I think that movie's fun. That's not a horror movie. I'm not saying his movies are necessarily bad. I just don't think they're horror movies. Sleepy Hollow is pr- basically a slasher movie, but every quote unquote kill is. A joke? They kind of do a similar thing in Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yeah, which works for that movie. But you know who Sam Mendes' first choice for Sweeney Todd was going to be? I don't think I could guess in a million years. Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just you like, no thank you. <laughs> they, he might not have done that no bad thanks. of a job, but who's going to sing the songs? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But the one choice that he did have that I was kind of into, he wanted Tony Collette um, to play Mrs. Lovett. And I think that is an inspired choice and would have been incredible. Uh, I, we'll never get a good Sweeney Todd movie. It just won't happen. No, it's. I also, I think they were almost there. Because I've read, I think I talked about this in our first episode. Um, John Logan's original script took a throwaway line that always kind of confused me in the stage version where he's like, I'm haunted by the shadows everywhere. Ghosts. Um, and meaning to imply like the, the chorus. Yeah. And they were going to literalize that with Christopher Lee playing um, basically the the person saying, turn the tale of Sweeney Todd. And as Sweeney Todd killed people, that choir would get bigger and bigger with the people he's murdered until he eventually joined it at the end. That's not even a horrible idea. But the prop, they were planning to shoot it. Christopher Lee recorded Anthony Stewart head is still in the movie. He was supposed to be like a part of that choir um, and just has like a one line role in the movie. Um, and then Johnny's Depp's daughter got really sick and they had to shoot around him. So they took what all that material and had to cut it and move other stuff around because Johnny Depp couldn't be on set to shoot that stuff. Jeez. And but basically every time Sweeney Todd was going to kill someone, he would look in the mirror and he would see a man with a slit throat all standing behind him singing at him. Like really stylistically cool shit for a movie like this. I would have been so into that. It's that and I there there's there's an element that I I want the movie to to fill which is like this Victorian horror where it's like candle lit and it's extremely dark and the part where like where where toby gets locked in the uh the cellar that should be so like claustrophobic but when you watch the tim burton one it just it just doesn't feel there's no there's no tension there there's nothing no there's nothing um let's talk about this this show in general um i think it's got a perfect structure i think the overall feel of it i i fell in love with this show um the george hearn patty lapone production as well as the george hearn uh angela lansbury production but since we've recorded it i have found a newfound affection from the original cast album really which was something i didn't dive into as much 
I think Len Carey, you might be my favorite Sweeney Todd. The original. Because in audio alone, yes, the original, original. In audio alone, he conveys the fear, like he sounds unhinged, but subtle. These are my friends. See how they glisten. See this one shine. How he smiles. In the light, my friend, my faithful friend. Because George Hearn is big and screaming, and yeah. Len Carey was like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Uh, I guess that's what's going to happen. <laughs> like, even his, like, it's, and you believe him. And it's like a calm and, like, psychopathic feel to it. And it's like a less is more performance, which I think is what Johnny Depp was going for. And it just doesn't work. It's, I think Sweeney Todd as a character. My my impression of him mm. is he's very like apathetic in a way. Like he, yeah. he's one minded. He only cares about one thing and everything. Every, he's a shell. Everything else he's just completely apathetic to. So that's why you have these mm. very big uh, emotional numbers like Epiphany. But... At the same time, he's like completely emotionless in almost every everything else he does. Um, so it's interesting. But he's like analytical about his own emotions, specifically in the song Joanna, where he's like, I guess I'll think of you, I guess, until the day I die. But I miss you less and less as every day goes by. Because he doesn't, ca- he like, doesn't he's very... actually care about her anymore. All he cares about now right. is revenge. Like the idea of her and what could have been as yeah. opposed to like an actual human being. He doesn't actually care. And I mean, he literally sees her later on in the show and, and tries to kill her. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even recognize her, you know? No, no, no. Um, but that's kind of my problem with Josh Groban's performance. And I, I see what he's doing. I can tell he's done his research. Like, I don't want to undersell. Like He has a voice of an angel. He is definitely trying to play the scary, but it just doesn't land because he seems a little too smiley. <laughs> I think he has, and I, I, honestly, me personally, I think he did a decent job. I don't think he really did that bad. Yeah. Um, but I think part of the problem is that he is like this famous star who's kind of well known for being like a wholesome yeah. a wholesome guy who just golden retriever energy yeah so it's it's kind of difficult to see him in the in the role but i do think for the most part he sells the bigger moments that are, are needed um and yeah but like yeah. okay let me like let me rank them in my own weird way so i love all three broadway sweeney's all of them, I think, are fantastic in their own way and have brought something new to the role. Um, Len Cario, obviously, is my favorite. Michael Cerverus is a darker, much creepier, like, much more hammer horror version of Sweeney. Like a Christopher Lee Dracula can, type? Or? Yes, like, almost, like, he talks like this and every word gets its moment. But he also is the most sarcastic and frustrated Sweeney. <laughs> And most violent Sweeney. I could see that as a performance, though. I could see that that as a choice. Like, having him... I really liked it. Having him be more into it. Like, I I could see it. The thing is, he's such a... He's an open character, I think. Because he doesn't have very much going mm-hmm. on other than just, I want revenge and I hate everything. So you could, you could really play that a lot of different ways. That's not to say I haven't seen some Sweeney Todd's I really, really disliked. Two that come to my mind. Burn Turfle. He's... A great voice. Fantastic opera singer. 
dog shit actor <laughs> and he was in the emma thompson production and he's just giving nothing oh. give nothing to us baby <laughs> and then you've got like on the opposite side of the gradient michael ball who i i have a weird opinion here i don't think sweeney Todd should have a british accent i think it's distracting when he does really Sincerely. i mean yeah i guess i now that i'm thinking about it i don't think i've seen one where they have a real british accent um aside from johnny depp in the movie where it's still a little distracting yeah but even it's like it's kind of a bullshit british accent i, I don't know <laughs> yeah and it's always been like a tradition where mrs lovett will have a real british accent but sweeney will not and i don't know why that is the choice but like michael ball's british accent kind of kills like it feels like a joke to me this running and shouting. What is it now, dear? I had him in there. I know the sailor burst in. I saw them both running down the street and I said to myself, well, fat. I had him. His throat was bare beneath my hand. There, there, dear. Don't fret. No, I had him. His throat was there. Now he'll never come again. That's why I really appreciate that Josh, the first tweet I made when I heard that preview set started was like, does Josh Groban do a British accent or do they keep him American? I was like, because I, I feel like I'll be very distracted if he does a British accent. Well, thankfully he does not. Um, so that keeps him out of that, uh, I guess your F tier here. <laughs> um, yeah, so th those two are my F tier. I would put um, Josh Groban in B and I would put Len Cariou and uh, Michael Service and A for two different reasons. Um, my problems with Josh Groban is he's not scary, but that almost makes the parts where he is just slitting throats a little bit more interesting. Like he's so he's so um like just matter of fact about it and doesn't he doesn't yeah. try to like play like a slasher villain in any way. He's just like no, no. I just kill people. <laughs> He's just a guy, and I kind of appreciated that he's just kind of a dude, and he puts jokes into his lines. I feel like he's just doing that to match the energy of Annalie Ashford, but he also got the biggest laugh out of me in the entire show, which is during By the Sea, she does like this big like hoo-hoo with her hands, and then when he sees it coming again, he ducks, <laughs> and I thought that was really funny, and that was wonderful. Honestly, I I do think the revival did a lot of really good things that um, mm -hmm. made it memorable for me and was a a good experience mm -hmm. overall. How do you like the staging? Because we don't have like the big center boxed in the middle. That's the pie shop. It's more traditionally staged. I didn't mind the staging. The only problem I had, and and I think this is a problem probably a lot of people would have had. If you're sitting near the back, you can't see anything going on on the freaking balcony they have on stage there. Um, yeah. Which, you know, fair enough. But, you know. I might say the mezzanine's a better choice for seating than the orchestra, to be honest. Yeah. I'd almost like, it almost just feels like you could have just lowered that balcony a little bit and it would have been visible for more people. You know, like it's mm -hmm. it's maybe just a little higher than it needs to be, but it's 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 hard to say. I guess I'm not I'm not a, a mm -hmm. person that does staging for theater. So, so this is directed by um, Thomas Kale, who also directed Hamilton. Um, and you can tell <laughs> <laughs> you, there is there is quite a bit of the um, like Hamilton style dancing. Um, I fucking hated every bit of dancing in this show. <laughs> I really did not like the dancing in the show at all. I didn't really hate it that much because most of it is relatively subtle and it's like group dancing type. Like, I don't know. 
it, it wasn't it wasn't too bad for me. I, I, like the poor thing ballet is one thing, and I didn't like that really. And you probably didn't see that because it was on the balcony. But there's like this whole ballet with Lucy and I like, could the see judge some of it. All that I could see like you could see some of it on the balcony. It's just what you couldn't see everything. So it's like you're kind of like tilting your head down. You're like, huh? <laughs> But when the ghosts are doing the Elkanamanaman dance while they're singing about Sweeney Todd, the demon Barbara Fleet Street, and turning their head on every movement. I mean, that song's a little jumpy to begin with. I, I, think, that yeah. it's, um, I think that it's interesting. Maybe it's not a choice everyone will like, but I think it's not like an objectively bad choice. It's just something that's different, and I don't hate it. I don't think... I don't think every musical needs dancing, and Sweeney Todd feels like a very Look, stationary musical. You just kind musical. of fucking hate dancing. I mean, let's be real here. Every single time dancing comes always. up, you're always like, "Oh, you liked it. you liked the dancing in this show? What's wrong with you?" Like, come on, Jess. I. I <laughs> it's okay to have people try to entertain you on stage, you know. <laughs> yes, they can use their whole body to do it as well. You can use your whole body to perform. You don't need to have Toby doing flips and laying down and being lifted into the air like an angel because he's singing about a pie, though. Oh, that part was fun, though. You don't need people popping and locking while singing about slitting throats. I, I feel like the way that they were moving was interesting enough and kind of, like, frightening, you know, where it's like the, the, the horror movements, you know what I'm saying? Where, like, uh... You have the it monster move at a weird frame rate or some shit, so it looks weird. You you know what I'm talking about. I guess. <laughs> I just don't. I think dancing takes you out of the fear. To be honest, I feel like outside of the poor thing ballet, it really didn't work for me. That is fine. They did stop dancing near the end because it started getting pretty scary. So, <laughs> like, it's one thing to have a dance during a little priest, like a little jig or whatever, but. You just I, I hate just, dancing. I, I am not a fan of you it. You just hate dancing. I don't always hate dancing. Name one dance that you like. I like the carousel ballet in the second half of Carousel. Yeah, that's the that's only the part of that show that you do like. No, go check that episode. Check that episode I, I disagree. <laughs> um, I, uh, and Brent's musical, I really like console dances. <laughs> What's your thought on uh, Purelli being an Irish, Italian, Asian man? <laughs> I think it's great. I actually I, I also agree. I think that it's amazing. I feel like it's like a it adds another layer of to the to the whole the whole thing. <laughs> I think it's very and he's also the standby for Sweeney Todd. Oh, is so he? if Josh Groban steps out, he steps in and plays Sweeney. So he has to have a very versatile voice. Um Can you imagine how fucking pissed people would be when Josh Groban doesn't walk on stage though? Did they scream when he walked on stage? Yeah, of course they did. At your performance. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was like he had to stop the song for like five seconds to, to wait for the people Attend to... Attend the tale of... Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. I literally couldn't hear his first line. Yeah, never. Never. I don't never. even know why he bothers to sing um, it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Pirelli. You know who was... I, I was talking to Miranda after we left. You know who was secretly like one of my favorite parts of the show? Oh, uh, who? The Beatle. The Beatle took that role and played it so differently. The Beatle did really well. Uh, I already kind of am a fan of the really weird, dumb songs at the end <laughs> where he sings about the 12 bells or whatever. You've never heard those before. Well, I've, I've heard the song, but I don't think I've seen... 
I, I don't know. Yeah, because it wasn't in the original Broadway recording. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it, but I've seen it now. Um, I mm. really like how they do Amazing. it. Uh, I like. I think that that whole section is there's a lot of tension to that, even though it's a really silly like thing, just because of the staging with Toby being in the mm-hmm. creepy cellar, you know. Mm-hmm. But the Beatles amazing. He plays it so differently than any other any other version. He plays everything for the comedy, but it's still very threatening. And the biggest laugh of the night uh, for the audience is when he says the winner is Todd because he spits it out so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, it's just it's pretty obvious who won. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just like, the winner is Todd. And it's just like, the song ends. And it's not like the other ones where it's like, the winner is Todd! It's just like, very matter of fact. And of course, he has this incredible voice that sings the higher than high. But if we're talking about villains, there is one thing that I like the movie that it did, and nothing has done it since, I don't believe. I don't like how old and doddering they made the judge yeah. in this production. Yeah, it makes him um, not a threat. Yeah, it makes him seem less threatening, and it's almost like uh, just this dumb old man, you know. Um, we're this weird, creepy old guy. Yeah, I think I like how explicit they are that he's definitely just grooming fucking Joanna, though, and is kind of fucked up. But I kind of like in the Tim Burton movie that Alan Rickman kind of he's kind of sexy, but uh, kind of dangerous <laughs> and more of. A contemporary of Todd's than someone significantly older. Like, you could see them knowing and respecting each other in real society and having that kind of vibe to each other. Um, Whereas here, I'm like, this man and Josh Groban would not talk to each other. They would not spend time with each other. They are wholly different. I do think part of it, though, is the judge is older because... I mean, there is this angle of he 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 essentially is grooming all of these girls, yeah. and so he has to have this position of authority over them. But also, it, it would make sense if he was also older than them as well. But I suppose he doesn't have to be. I mean, we got to talk about Anthony Joanna, um, which is probably the weakest part of most productions. But goddamn, if Jordan Fisher doesn't bring a lot of like genuine like sincerity and youthful energy to anthony um and jokes lots of jokes that i didn't see were there but not in the same like kendall way as the broadway version um was it just me i I don't know if you noticed this or if this is something Mm -hmm. they do in all the productions and i'm just uh i missed it uh did they did they let joanna actually do something by having her grab the gun and (laughs) shoot the guy yes that has always been that's always been there okay okay i wasn't sure um that is good though but my favorite part is in the original Broadway production uh, Sweet Todd gives Anthony the gun he's like kill if you need to and he just grabs it like a little boy and he's like I'll kill a hundred guards if it means setting Joanna free and then when he gets in there um, he's like I can't do it and then Joanna has to shoot him um, he's, he's a little Jordan too Fisher, he's too like high minded or whatever he, he he's he's too romantic is what it is he just he thinks it's a romantic thing to do to kill to 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 save the girl, but then when he's confronted with actually killing someone, he can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but Jordan Fisher plays it much more like, yeah, I'll kill people totally. <laughs> That's totally something I'll do. And no one 
like from the vibe, like not nah, in his vibe. Um, I really like Joanna. She is she's much more ticky in this version than she is in any other production. Like she's like banging on her head and like she's more of a human being with like normal traits rather than an object to be held by Turpin, Anthony, and Sweeney. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a tough role because the way she, the place that she's put in is that she yeah she is basically just an object to three different characters that are all men. So it's like, what exactly do you do to fix that? Um, I think the yeah the way the character is performed can help though. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, um, I love those two. They were great. Stranger Things boy as Toby. Yeah, he did fine. He did fine. Yeah. Moving I wasn't on. hugely impressed, uh, but I also like there was nothing where I was like, ah, he really fucked that up. <laughs> um, I was pretty impressed just because, you know, like it's not an easy role to play. I mean, I guess you, we should talk about the ending because, I mean, that is an important part for Toby to nail. What did you think? I thought it was fine. Like that ending can be accidentally comedic and he played it really, really well. Um, honestly, that's probably where he's shown. What? You don't want the audience to laugh there. Yeah. And the lines are kind of ridiculous and really hard to deliver. Well, yeah, because it, it's very easy to sell it as a silly rather than uh, frightening. Yeah. If you don't have the audience, like, if you if you don't sell it right, really. And, like, it's almost a cruel joke when everyone just runs in as he's slitting Sweeney Todd's throat, surrounded by, like, five other dead bodies. Like, you almost want to laugh. And it's impressive that you don't. Um, but I think we all know who the MVP here is. And that's Annalie Ashford as Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. I mean, Mrs. Lovett is a character that kind of sells the whole show in a lot of ways because she's the one that has the most energy yeah. and is the most... Um, I mean, she's has the most solos. She's also just the most evil as well. Like, just directly, mm-hmm. I would say. Deceptively. Yeah. Like, Sweeney Todd is the obvious, like, well, he's a murderer, but, like, he wouldn't even be the murderer he is if she wasn't just encouraging him. <laughs> and the fact that she, I was worried because I'm like, oh, Annalie Ashford's pretty young. Um, you feel every ounce of it. And it's used to the benefit of her specific performance. Like she's a much more sexual Mrs. Lovett, much more actively horny for Sweeney Todd than any of the other ones. I'd say where all the other ones were very horny for him. This one is much more like, I want to fuck you. She's very blatant about it. Please fuck me. It's it's blatant to the point where it's like, damn, Sweeney is a, he really doesn't want to fuck her. (laughs) Like the fact that, that she's this uh, like upfront about it and he's still so apathetic. Like he really has no interest whatsoever. I disagree. I feel like this is the one where they kind of have the most, at least romantic chemistry, not romantic, like, friendship chemistry like i feel like he actually likes her a bit in this maybe friendship but he definitely does not want a romantic relationship no but i do believe they've had sex specifically about like how intimate they get during uh by the sea where she's like putting her his feet on her and she he's accepting her feet on him and like things like that i'm like "Uh, okay there's something there and the fact that she's always going down by his crotch and she he doesn't seem to have an issue with that yeah, I don't know. I guess he, he does make her pretty hot. So. Yes, 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 I caught it. She does find a lot of jokes where there weren't previously jokes, which I appreciated. Especially, like, Worst Pies in London. There are moments where you are given stage directions in the music. The bump, bump, 
bump, bump, and she is finding new things to do with her body for them. Like, instead of just smacking a roach, she does a full body dive for a roach and then gets back up on the next beat. And it's pretty, pretty fun Which to watch. It's already a difficult song to perform. So it's impressive yes, it that she is like diving on the floor and still able to keep going. <laughs> and yeah, you did have a concern when a uh, mishearing, I believe when you I saw did have it. A mishearing. I didn't, I didn't really uh, think much of it because I, I was pretty sure I just misheard something. Um, but I, when she took the knives out at first, I thought she said, I could have sold these on eBay for a pretty penny. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why would you slip that in there? That's, that's really dumb. And it took me out for like a second, but I was like, I probably just misheard it. She didn't say that. <laughs> I could have sold them. Cocked in the head, wasn't I? Yeah. I don't know how I heard it that way. I think the audience was like clapping or something when she was doing it i don't know yeah she also does like this little like handstand while she's up there or uh pull up thing yeah um, there's a lot of fun little things so she she's always finding a new joke in a scene um including like a little priest uh she would deliver the joke differently than everyone else has previously um and as far as i'm concerned she's probably my favorite mrs lovett um really? to ever play the role better than uh yeah okay all right because Lansbury does it too fast, Patty Lapone's accent is terrible, and a lot of them don't really have jokes. So, what else? Like among the three, she's the number one. The set was fine, minimalist. I like, I like minimalist for this show. Um, I think the more vague we can get, the better off it'll be. I think the tower that they have is cool. That like when it and then when it turns, it has the uh like the the flap where the people come out. That was a pretty cool mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um. Yeah, it, it's very basic, though. There's really not much to it. Yeah, there's not, like, a big set surprise or anything like that. No. Like, you're getting what you're getting. Which is fine. Um, I do like the big oven. I think the part where he... Uh, the big oven is really cool. The part where he throws her in there was pretty was pretty brutal. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I always... I judge my Sweeney Todd, like, relationships is whether or not... Um, Mrs. Lovett knows she's going to die before she dies. <laughs> there are sometimes you can play it where she's like totally like, oh, great. Yeah, we're going to be all right. And sometimes she's like, uh, yep, I'm about to die, aren't I? <laughs> Which one would you put this in? Um, I think I'd put it right in the middle because I think she realizes it like she's happy and then it just goes right in the last line. Just keep living it. Oh, God. That's when she made the realization is when she's like, oh, I see what you're doing. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And then she jumped into the flames. I do want to bring this up because I had a slightly different performer than you did. All right. This is our favorite segment where we compare our opinions to those of the real theater critics over on Letterboxd.com. Um, all right, Andrew. So this is the movie? This is for this, this, the movie and the Broadway recording. Oh, the Broadway recording has some too. Okay. So it's a, it's a good mix. Are you ready? Um, so these are real Letterboxd review, and Andrew has to tell me just based on the review alone whether they are one star or a five star are you ready i'm ready shaking ass shaking ass that's a five star that is correct hell yeah shit barber gives man dumb dead beat trims blood you what now uh you want to repeat that give shit dead man dead blood no shit barber comma gives man dumb dead trims blood uh-huh okay that's a one star i think that is correct this isn't even fictional british people just be like that you know, I actually say this a lot. British people do often kill people just for fun. Okay, uh, yeah, five stars, five stars. Um, that is one star. This movie walks so Les Miserable could dot dot 
walk slightly faster. Yeesh. Um, that seems like this person has terrible taste. Uh, they think the Les Mis movie is better than the Sweeney Todd movie? No, it just walks faster. Oh, it walks faster. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to give it a five star, though. It sounds like they liked it. That is a one star. Mm. Honestly, I forgive Mrs. Lovett. She's too hot. <laughs> she is too hot. Are they doing the pun? Five stars. Five stars with a pun. Come on. Give me the five. That is a five star. Yes. Okay, okay. Family few audience voice. Slit that throat! <laughs> I, I mean, it's... Mm, it sounds like they liked it, because this is a joke about, like, so, like, they liked it, but these are always so fucking weird. I'm gonna give it a one. I'm gonna tr- go against my better judgment. That was a five. Motherfucker. He kills them! He he certainly does. Uh, One. One star. One star. That is correct. And last okay. one. Sondheim. Dot, dot, dot. You crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> you crazy bastard. You did it again. <laughs> five Wrote a musical. Five stars. Five stars. That is correct. And that ends previews for today. I think I did okay. I think I missed a couple, but. It's all right. It's a, it's a losing game. I think I hit more than I, than I lost. I, I think that's accurate. Um. All right, you want to get back to the show? I do. All right, let's go into a mid-show. Hey, guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a show at you. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Patreon's this beautiful place where you can get a lot of cool shit. You get the video episodes. Um, if you liked last week's episode and you want like three extra hours, you can, you can check out the full extended conversation with Brent about Khan. Also, you get commentaries. You get extra bonus podcasts as well. Um, this, I think it's this upcoming Saturday, uh, June 17th. You can join us for a Patreon meetup where you get to hang out with us. We're going to play some games. We're going to have a good fucking time. And if you're not there, you're not cool because um, all the cool people are going to be there and we might even get a special guest um, where you can meet one of our, our people and you can ask them questions like, hey, hey, what, what's your favorite Sweeney Todd song? And they'll be like, I'm not answering you. Um, <laughs> but Andrew, who's currently supporting us on Patreon? Our uh, current patrons are Melissa Goldman, Danielle Rennix, Justice Stampede, Ewan Cassidy, Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, Nathaniel Stacey Coombe, Joseph Evans Green, Mary Lou Choquette, John Vanals, Russ Walker, Musical Hell, Emily Gracie, Kyle Summers, Janae C., Scoot in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Liz Lim, Nothing is Certain Except Beth and Taxes, Thesbian, R- Jessica T., Mitchell Young, Chai Teacup, Katie McDonough, Chris Marcote, Kiji Marie Anastasio, Leela R.J. Nariga, Bjorn Hermans, Toriana Frazier, Sammy the Most Lopez, Liana Morton, Haley Britt Blazier, uh, Cinemageddon Reviews, Villainous Miss, Sophina Ali, The Omega Geek, Paige Pearson, Maddie Wargle, Eliza Erd- Erdman, Anna Loskatova, Sarah Den Blaker, Evan Ball, Zachary Torres, Rora Morasso, Mara Forloin, Captain Rodtastic, Re- Lisa L, Nobody, What Did Boris Say, Puffy Boy, Summer, Ju- Julia Hardy, Jay Kusia, and Caitlin Bridgman. They all give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals of Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, come join us over there on Patreon. Also, Andrew, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to take a look at one of the very nice reviews we just got on the Apple Podcast app. Okay. Um, 
yeah. So if you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it um, and be able to, you know, give our own impression of what you think of our show. This is from Vrena Cat. V-R-A-N-A Cat. Are you ready, Andrew? I am ready. The title is Silly Yet Informative. Okay. I I don't disagree so far. This is the only musical podcast I listen to. The only one. It's equal parts caring and irreverent in a way that makes it very approachable to people like me who love the idea of musical theater, but mostly just listen to the same cast albums from their childhood with very little being added to the rotation. I feel that. I've been listening for years, and I feel like it's made me much more fond of musical theater as an art form. Plus, one of their ads told me about a performance of The Secret Garden I was able to get tickets to, and I'd literally been wanting to go see that show for about 30 years. Cheers, guys, and keep up the good work. That was very nice. I find that very funny because they gave us a four stars out of five, so we still aren't perfect. You know, we still have some work to do. I actually completely agree. I don't think we're perfect. I think we do have more work to do, but... I do, too. I still think that was a very nice review, so... Do we agree with that review? Yes. Let's get back to the show! So the Battle of Sweeney Todd is like one of the best opening scenes of all time, right? I don't know. There was a little bit of dancing, so kind of really took me out of it. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> it's good. I really like how, um, well, one, that it keeps coming back, and I like how intense it gets. Like, um, the the harmonies are so, like, fucked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the DAC ray backwards. I think what, what this show does that, and we've covered other, other shows that I would consider horror musicals. I mean, like Dracula. Yes and um jekyll and Hyde vampire and, yeah, all that kind of stuff but like uh what this does that none of those do is the score itself is actually frightening it feels like a horror movie score in places where not not every single song obviously there are some songs that are just like goofier or comedy songs but when it wants to be scary it has like actual really dissident sounding harmonies and really like loud piercing type sounds that you just don't really see in a lot of other musicals that even even ones that are trying to be scary or trying to be horror. Um so Sweeney Todd it was I you bring that up but it is like the one time Sondheim was inspired by actual film scores opposed to like other, you know, pieces of music. He was really trying to replicate film score especially in horror films. Um trying to remember there's like a very specific film that he was basing it around um that yeah he really tried to integrate into this and he's never done that since i guess he won't ever do it again but he'd never tried that again after sweeney todd and i found that fascinating um and it makes this score really stand out it's unique in in even sondheim scores i think it doesn't not that it doesn't sound like sondheim but it doesn't sound like a lot of his other stuff i think the closest is probably passion Probably, but even even that just it doesn't. This has such a different tone, and it's I I think it's his best because of it. I don't know. I mean, how can you not 
this is like so different from any other it, like it, musical. I'm biased as all hell because I fucking I love horror movie scores. I just listen to that shit like just straight up, and this just sounds like it. So it's fucking it's right up my alley. <laughs> I mean, what other horror scores would you compare this to? Like, it doesn't quite sound like John Carpenter or like no. uh, Philip Glass or anything like no. that. No, um, like Bernstein or not Bernstein. Some um, of like the Goldsmith, fast, like, maybe the fast kind of violins type stuff i mean it does like friday the 13th type stuff you know yeah but that yeah yeah so i yeah i don't know what i i do wonder what he was trying to imitate or was inspired by yeah i'm trying to figure out that source um i know it was like some film that no one's really heard of that it's like oh i just it's he's he's got He's a big movie buff, and he watches very obscure films. Um, maybe one day we'll cover Last of Sheila, the one movie he ever wrote. Really? Is it bad? It's good. Like, it's not, nothing wrong with it. I don't love it. It does, It, but that's a problem with the way it was directed, less than his script. Mm. Like, I don't like a movie mi- murder mystery that lies to you, because then it doesn't play by its own rules to, you know? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a fake mystery at that point. You can't actually solve it. Yeah, if you don't get, if you're getting a breadcrumb that is a lie, then you're not playing fair. Yeah. You can't do that. And that's kind of the part here where this musical kind of has a twist and is built off a lie, but they give you breadcrumbs musically as well as just narratively um, that you could pick the up on The story, it. like, the, not the story, the, the show doesn't lie to you. One of the characters in the show lies to, to, another, to another character, character and... At first, you're led to believe that, but really, you find out later that they were lying. But there is hints that they were lying throughout. So, if you've watched the sideways video on it, um, they 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 did a really good deep dive, and also he mentions us by name in that video. That's how I met him. Oh, really? There's also there's other hints as well, but beyond just the score. Like, obviously, it's easier to notice on like a second viewing. But like, Mrs. Lovett is I so. Don't I know you, Mister? Yeah, there's that. There's Mrs. Lovett being very like not wanting this woman around ever. Like to to a point where it's kind of weird. Like, why is she so insistent that this person never is around? You know. <laughs> I agree, and also she. She is technically the first person Sweeney Todd meets in London, too, which is also a dramatic irony. He has, he, the first person he sees when off the boat is his wife. And he doesn't notice. Yeah, and that's on him. I want to talk about some of the songs we didn't do in our first original episode. Um, okay. I still hate Greenfinch and Linnet Bird. I am not talking about that. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about Amis and Ladies and Their Sensitivities. <laughs> Excuse me, my lord, may I request my lord permission, my lord, to speak? Forgive me if I suggest, my lord, you're looking less than your best, my lord. There's powder upon your vest, my lord, and stubble upon your cheek. And ladies, my lord, are weak. Ladies in their sensitivities, my lord. Have a fragile sensibility When a girl's emergent Probably it's urgent You defer to her gentility My lord Oh boy <laughs> What? Oh, these, these two songs are so strange I like ladies and their sensitivities a little bit I like that a lot of it. 
I don't know. It's not even my favorite Beatles song. The lyrics are very funny. It's not even my favorite Beatles song, though. (laughs) Yeah, yours is Hey Jude, right? No, I like like it when he sings the parlor songs. They're very funny. I know, they are very, very funny. But you said that in the original episode. I did. I did say that. If one bell rings in my tower of Bray, ding dong, your true love will stay. Ding dong, one bell today in the Tower of Bray. Ding dong. Because, but here I just didn't really appreciate how intricate all those pieces were until I saw this live with in on Broadway, where I'm like, man, this is difficult. Really, after seeing it, I I don't think there's a bad song in this whole fucking thing. No, not at all. Like. I don't know. It's just it's it's banger after banger, and even the worst, like most point all bangers, no skip. Even like the worst, most pointless songs are still like like when he, the wig maker song, like that. Even that's like catchy and like good. Like come on, <laughs> and that's like I mean because it's because it's pretty woman. It's like one of the few times they like have. It's a connective tissue to that. It's manipulating another man to get what you want. Yeah, it's it's all good. It's it's. There's Tawny and there's Golden Saffron, there's Flaxen, then there's Bond. It's so good. Everything's so good. The, okay, there is one song I don't like, and this is where the dancing went too far, if you want my honest opinion. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay. This is like the moment I was like, okay. I have to be the one that pushes back. Too much. I don't know what it is, though. <laughs> it is the letter sequence. The letter sequence? Oh, yeah. maybe I don't even We're disagree. So- I don't really... That, that was such a short little thing. It- it was such a ridiculous... I never really liked that moment where he's writing the letter and you have the ghosts, like, narrating his letter. Yeah, I feel like they could do that better. And then they're just doing, like, these wild, intricate dance moves to his letter. Also, who does he give the letter to? In the movie. The movie actually made the smart choice of making him giving him the letter the trigger that brings Toby to confess to Mrs. Lovett about it. Like, that's, like, one of those smart narrative choices that movie makes. I agree. Here he just kind of gives it to someone. Yeah, because Toby... Well, it would make sense that Toby is suspicious regardless because, I mean, where the fuck did Pirelli go, right? Um, but <laughs> but in, in this, he doesn't really have, like, a trigger moment where he's like, oh, shit, like, I need to get Mrs. Lovett out of here because this is really, really sus. You know? He doesn't have that sussy baka moment. No, no, no. Well, I wish he did because uh, then we'd have some Breaking Bad references. He doesn't have that moment where he realizes that there's an imposter among us. More like an imposter among us. No, but he just kind of hands it to nobody. Like, he hands it to a ghost. He hands it to a ghost and it takes off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really don't like the letter sequence. Never have. Yeah. So if we're going to be negative Nellies, um, I think they took a song that I'm like, eh, about, and then made it worse in this revival. This is like an incredibly short song, though, in the in between. It is. That's sandwiched in between like 800 bangers, though, so. <laughs> you know what I'm disappointed about? I'm a little disappointed. We didn't, uh, we didn't get to hear all 12 bells, you know? <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> How many bells are there? <laughs> you know, I was I was thinking about it and doing doing the math. If he did all 12 bells, the last one he it would be that his lover doesn't like him, right? Right. That's horrible. <laughs> what a shitty ending for your song. <laughs> it's a real she loves me not moment. Really? <laughs> his mom used to sing that to him and he was just a babe. And that's why no girls like him. I'm surprised that uh Sondheim and Hugh Wheeler didn't work together more outside of this. 
Yeah, who is who is Hugh Wheeler? Did this guy do anything else? I've never heard this guy's name, I don't think. He has to have. He seems like a he has to be like a well known playwright, like right? He's a British novel. He died in nineteen eighty seven. Oh. That's probably why. Yeah. And they did he did additional material for Pacific Overtures, though that was the only other collaboration outside of Sweeney Todd. Oh, and he did a little night music. You know what? Good for him. Damn, died in eighty seven. Uh, he was pretty old. Yeah, I guess though. he was pretty old. That's interesting that uh Sondheim was working with him. Mm-hmm. I wonder how because they worked together on Pacific Overtures a little bit. He was a research a consultant for the film version of Cabaret, not not the stage version. And yeah, he won the Tony for best book um, for Little Night Music and Candide. Good for him. What a career. Yeah. But my God, like, why? It would have been nice to see what else they were because I think the book of this is deceptively great. I don't even think it's deceptive. I just I think it's like, really good. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people tend to overhype the power of Hal Prince and Stephen Sondheim, which they're dedication to the craft is very good and what they did brought to this is incredible well, the songs are incredible but, but if the book was terrible then I, yes. I think that this would have this would not be the masterpiece that it is it would just be kind of like a, a show that has really no. good songs and then everything else is kind of eh. <laughs> <laughs> um as well direction can really ruin a show like parade is one of my favorite shows i really didn't like what hal prince did with that production the original production and i thought it was bad um, so direction is important, and the fact that Hal Prince directed that original version as well as he did really, really affected it. So everything that came to this um, turned into Josh Groban um, and a bunch of ghosts popping and locking around him. So thanks, Tommy Kale. I do wish that they had the um, deafeningly loud whistle. Uh, I, People did whine about not having the whistle. I I I wanted the whistle. It's so fucking loud. <laughs> <laughs> The whistle does wake you up. I I kind of like it though. Like it's it's so fucking piercing and like horrible to hear that like you you kind of want it in that in those moments, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's usually plays every time someone gets their throat slit or dies. Yeah. So, yeah, it 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 is missing and I does feel like a little lump of this play is gone. I, I can understand why they would want to change it, though. It's it's a little bit. Um, I mean, it's harsh. It's really harsh. So, how dare this horror movie musical have scary elements? It's true. Let's think about this Tony season, Andrew. It's actually quite remarkable. We have Josh Groban back on Broadway, up against Ben Platt back on Broadway, and Christian Burl back on Broadway, and they're all going head to head for Best Actor again, which hadn't happened since. Kevin Spacey hosted the Oscars, or the Tonys, um, all the way back in our very first recording session. Who do you think is going to win? Ben Platt. You think so? <laughs> um, that being said, by the time this episode comes out, the Tony Awards will have happened, so we'll find out <laughs> in real time whether my bet pays off. I suppose we will. But what was your overall thoughts on Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street and your cheese rating? <sighs> it's really good. And honestly, the only negative thought I had coming out of it is just why why isn't the movie like that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was my negative thought was just, damn, I wish that we had a movie version of this that was good. <laughs> or well not good. I, I I actually think the Tim Burton movie is is good. It's just not it's not what I want. You know, it's not what I wanted out of it. Um 
fucking I don't know how long the revival's playing for, but I'm sure it will still be running when this episode comes out. Go fucking see it. Definitely. <laughs> Go fucking yeah. see it. It's fucking great. Uh it's a good time. I really don't have very many negative things to say about it. I'm sure that if you compare it to older versions, there's some things that they they fumbled the bag on or whatever, but overall they 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 hit the mark. It's good. Um jeez. Uh, a cheese rating. Ugh. So fun fact, you never gave us cheese rating for this in our first episode. So this is your first and only cheese rating for Sweeney Todd. Okay. Okay. Um well let's give it a let's give it a fun one then. Um jeez, I, I, I almost want to just give it y- y- like a, a meat pie with cheese in it, but I don't even know if that's really a thing. You know? <laughs> that's a unpacked um grilled cheese sandwich. A cheesy meatloaf pie. That is a thing. Gonna throw up. This is a recipe I just found. I mean, and, and of course, it has to be made with um, with a uh, long pork, as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you catch my drift. Uh, could you got it? <laughs> Take for instance, Mrs. Mooney has a pie <laughs> shop. <laughs> okay, I do actually have a pitch for a gender bent Sweeney Todd, um, where I play Mister Lovett. And I just want it to be like a real gross-looking butcher, <laughs> but every word is the same. Like I'm imagining, like just, real kind of, just like a. Just I wouldn't want you to play it though. We have to get like no. a like a bear-looking guy, you know, like a yeah, like you, a like a a big hairy guy that just wears an apron and nothing else under it. Yeah, <laughs> like an apron, a white t-shirt, and they're both stained with blood. They're both stained with <laughs> but blood it's like and meat sweat. Bl- like the, the pit stains like a... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oi, a customer. Wait, what's your arch? What's your hairy? I gave it such a... Bro, I thought you was a ghost after a minute. Can't you sit? Sit you down, sit. <laughs> Never seen without his like big butcher knife. Yeah. It's not. It's not a pie. It's not even a pie shop. He literally has like a a back room with like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like hooks with like pigs stuck in them and shit. <laughs> and I just love the idea that 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 person's one dream is to live by the sea. <laughs> with the fishy splashing oh, down board. That's the like sea. A, the tangled what? song. The with the with, uh, I have a dream or whatever. Yes. With all the the criminals it's like. Come on, let me produce this. I would do this. And Mrs. And the Sweeney Todd equivalent is just like a proper young woman. Like, anything you say, anything you say. Nah, it's a gay couple. I'm your friend too, Mr. Todd. <laughs> if you only knew, Mr. Todd. Ooh, Mr. Todd, you're warm in my hand. I think people would love this, but... Seems a downright shame. It will not happen. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> this will never happen. I'm sorry. It won't. It's too good an idea. No one will let me do it. It's that is true. What's your cheese rating? Um, I gotta give the same rating I gave the first time, which is mozzarella. It's just so good. Yeah, I don't disagree with that interpretation. It's just too good for it to be anything else but mozzarella. That being said, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, at Musicals with Cheese. We're on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals. We're on Patreon Musicals Cheese, Instagram Musicals Cheese. YouTube page, Musicals of Cheese, Patreon only podcast, Patreon with Cheese, email us at musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Our Keeper of the Cheese is Juliet Antonio. The show is edited by Andrew DeWolf. I know we already said our Keeper of the Cheese is Juliet Antonio, but I usually give them some ASMR, so I'm going to give that to them. Pies are delicious, don't you think? All right. Uh, thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform and for not kicking us off for doing whatever the fuck that was. Andrew, is there anything else you have left to say? I think we've covered it all. 
Also, we need to pop and lock now, and because we are now dancing. Pop it, lock it, polka dot it, country polka buy dot it, 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 it. 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 Speak <laughs> to me, friend. Whisper, I listen. I know, I know. You've been locked out of sight all these years. Like me, my friend. You raise me up so I can climb on mountains. You raise me up. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs>